Welcome to the Startups Roundtable podcast, where we discuss the science and art of startups with founders and the broader startup community. I'm Tony Hackett, and I've spent over a third of my B2B sales career either working for early stage startups or as a go-to-market and social selling mentor for founders and their teams. In each episode, we will explore various topics, including decision-making, team building, and growth strategies. Before we meet today's guest, I'd like to start with an acknowledgement of country. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet. Here in Sydney, it's the Gadigal people. We pay respect to elders past, present and emerging and extend our respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people attending today. Olga Azarian brought to this conversation an expression of behaviours and insights that we immediately associate with a startup founder. Being able to adapt to new challenges being able to course correct and to lead a team to new goals and outcomes in the face of adversity. Interestingly though, Olga isn't a startup founder, but she is a learning and development specialist who has moved her family from Ukraine through Poland to Canada and created a fresh start through an amazing mindset and a clear focus. I was inspired and educated from this opportunity to meet with Olga. I hope you are as well. So let's get to it and meet her now. Olga, it's wonderful to have you join me on the podcast. Just to get us underway, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're up to right now? Hello, everyone. I'm Olga Ozerian. And first of all, I want to thank Tony for this wonderful invitation and for the opportunity, I don't know, to, to tell you about some Ukrainian lady who now is located in Canada. So we have been already more than two months in Canada, in Nova Scotia. We arrived here originally from Ukraine on the 24th of February. We evacuated to Poland and we spent three months in Poland. And now we are in Canada because I feel more safe here. So that's why we are here in Canada. And today, as Tony asked me how I how I am in, in the beginning of our conversation, I just, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't stop but to tell him that I have just received the offer from a very, very famous company all over the world. And I'm very happy that uh, I have a job now in Canada and I can contribute this wonderful Canadian society just to thank and just to uh, utilize my, my talents, my expertise and my professionalism here. So so I, I have two kids and my mom with me. So we, we are now in Canada and I'm happy to, to discuss anything we were planning. Olga, I'm so pleased for the, the success you've had in securing the role. And the podcast is the Startups Roundtable. And typically it's a conversation with founders who are starting their companies and the like. In amongst that, there are the behaviors and the experiences and I guess the learnings that come from starting your own business and to create your own startup. It feels to me as though the experiences that you have been having over the last months are very similar to a startup founder. I wonder if we could break it down a little bit and to speak to a few of those items. To start with, moving to a new country and to create a space for yourself and your family in a new geography. Could you share a little bit of what you had to go through to be in Nova Scotia, to be in Canada now, and the challenges and how you overcame those challenges? Yeah, very good question. Thank you very much. Um, yes, I, I absolutely agree with you. And even now, I I write a lot of articles and posts about that. One thing, when you are well prepared to your new life, to your new business and to your new changes. And the, another thing is that, as they say, we are living in a VUCA world, in a, in a world with the total uncertainty and uh, vulnerability. And uh, so this is another thing when you, are, you didn't prepare at all to such a dramatic, big changes 
in your life. So you mentioned that as I'm a learning and development professional, so I consider myself to be a role model of how to show and demonstrate this learning agility in our life. And of course, unfortunately, we have this situation in our country. And exactly this approach that you told in your question, exactly this approach, that this is like a new job for me. This is like a new business for me. And my approach was just like a project management approach. Because, you know, we spent three months in Poland and it was just like a dream. We were in shock. We were full of adrenaline and so on. But when I had an idea to move to Canada, I realized that I can't cry anymore. I can't afford any kind of depression anymore and I should make up my mind and gather myself and move into Canada as a big project. So my approach was I should have a strategy, I should have a tactics, I should have idea and roadmap step by step what should I do. And that's why we are here. So it was in June, March... Yes, my idea to move again that was in March and I had a lot of things to do starting from the application to the visa. There are four of us for kids. There are some peculiarities uh, how to get the visas for them. So first of all, it was visa, it was biometrics information. It was and all that it was in Poland, you know, a lot of documentations, issues, tasks and so on. So it was the first big steps. After that, I should have found the family here in Canada who could host us in Canada because you know for us it is very difficult to rent a house uh, from Europe in Canada so I should find the family and after that I should find the tickets to Canada and so on. You, you know it is a really big project and my confidence is that any kind of business idea and any kind of new uh, activity you should start not from only the idea but from the accurate and very detailed planning planning roadmap project management, good stakeholders and good agencies. <laughs> so that's that's very shortly. That's wonderfully put. And it made me think a little bit about, obviously, your background, your, your expertise is in learning and development. And we think about workforce transformation, the future of skills, the future of work, the types of challenges that you've had to take on. I'm wondering in different forms, whether we'll see that more and more as workplaces and workforces transform and as the competition for expertise becomes harder and harder and, and more, the, the battle becomes fiercer. Well, what what could I say here? When we uh, went into the pandemic time uh, in Ukraine, you know, I was that person uh, who rebuilt and rethink your career, your career path and your profession. Because they say that uh, we are going now through the big resignation. And it was exactly me uh, who were thinking about uh, what, what my career is look like now. So when we were, when all of us, we were starting uh, work from home, I was thinking about what I want in my life ahead. So I decided to plan and to rethink what I want. And after that, you know, Yes, it was me who just rebuilt and rethink your career. And I switched during the pandemic time. I switched the industry I worked for. Because before the pandemic, I worked for the big Ukrainian. For it, it's not Ukrainian, it's German. Originally, it's a German retail company. And during the pandemic, I decided to try something new. To try something new because, you know, sometimes we... I'm sure that each of us, we feel that this kind of comfort that we are in. And I felt that I should try something new. Something that they 
they say that it is hard to reach, hard to achieve. And I switched to a tech industry. And I was lucky to find a wonderful job, learning and development. But in tech industry, it is totally another circumstances of work. So a lot of peculiarities and specifics in this job. But, but I was happy that I could uh, achieve it and change industry in my work. So you are right that the world is constantly changing. And of course, there is, there is a higher competition in all areas of work. But first of all, we should compete with ourselves. That's my idea. <laughs> That's my idea because we shouldn't stuck in one industry for a long time, in one profession. Because as they say, we should be multi-shaped, not only in our person, but in our profession as well. Because a person is a holistic system and all our hard skills, they help in our life and our soft skills, they help in our profession. So that's my idea. If I understood your question properly. Oh, you did, and your point's very well made. There's and also a greater onus on us all to be creating our own content as well, as you and I met through LinkedIn, and we both use it as a platform. Do you think that this new way of working and the new world of working, there's going to be a greater reliance for each of us to be producing content and publishing content? Yes, very good question as well, Tony. Thank you very much. Because exactly yesterday, uh, I read a wonderful article about that when you're looking for a job, when you start a business, when you start a startup, first of all, you should think about the marketing plan. And the marketing plan, it is what? It is, we have only three ways maybe, uh, but in total, they are very similar. They're really f- very familiar between each other. We are reading about something, we are hearing about something, and we are watching something. But all of that need content, need good scenario, good, uh, I don't know, good, good copywriting. And that's why after the success of my post in LinkedIn, you know, I absolutely didn't expect such a great success because I wrote this, uh, so this like a little bit about uh, about this post for our listeners. So two months ago, I had a LinkedIn, not more than 500 uh, followers. And uh, while I was, uh, while my job search in Canada, I just decided to write a good in post introduction post about my expertise just to develop my network in Canada. And, uh, you know, during first three weeks, my post had more than 400 reshares, and now I have more than 2,000 followers. That's absolutely an unbelievable, incredible result. And this is the idea, this is the absolutely truth that we should create content from each of us. Each of us is a brand, and each of us should, should have a plan, marketing plan, how to tell the world what we're about, what are our abilities, what are our skill set. So what we can to do what, what are our talents and our strengths uh, how the world would know about if we don't tell about it you know yes this is world of content now and uh, moreover it it makes more sense when uh, during the hybrid work it makes more sense because we should constantly create a good and professional content we should tell constantly about what we do and a little bit about our lives, about our personality and about our weaknesses sometimes because people love to see other people in a vulnerable situation and how they get stand over it and so and so on. So yes, this is now the world of content and a lot of a lot of my friends and me I love to listen and to listen to podcasts as well. The personality point is a very good point because it's too easy to be very guarded and almost over-curated about the way we'll actually produce content. But if we want people to get to know us and to understand us and to develop a relationship online, we, we do have to put our personality there in one form or another. Is video something that's been a big part of your content creation life? 
regrettably video uh, well not regrettably it's not just it's not just my cup of tea you know maybe if i had if i had an idea to have my own business maybe of of course i i would i would use video content because now we are in canada i have and i have a lot of requests and ask about ola tell me about the canada how did you get there and so please start a youtube channel but you know it takes so many times so now i just don't i just have another priority but as i've written a lot of books and a lot of brand new articles and i'm always trying to read about innovations and trends in learning and development so i can for sh- i can say for sure that video content is uh, maybe the first one because people like to see other people in life you know in their life that's why yes video content is very important to create but you know podcasts they have another good advantage so you can just listen in each condition during the road during the sports and so on so yes video content is very important as well and i think that it will be relevant in the nearest many 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 years in the future your point is valid and there's a place for all it's not about having a one-size-fits-all it's about having multiple tools in our toolkit and the audio channel which we're obviously using right now i think that's is not probably it is my favorite i consume a lot of content through audio both from podcasts so i'm a big podcast listener but also i am a quite frequent audio book listener as well to a, a point of being able to and a lot of people do this increasing the speed to be able to consume more and i've actually found it's worked for me in such a way that by taking out some of the gaps it forces me to concentrate a little bit more because otherwise i can tend to drift and i (laughs) start to come back and rewind the audio channel is fantastic and the way this is working and whilst people listening to the podcast they'll only have to believe my hand waving but we have the video so we have the connection the human connection for our conversation but we're just capturing the audio to publish the audio. And that, to me, is a a great way of capturing and being able to share content. Absolutely. And I wanted to add a little bit here that uh, as a learning and development expert, I can can add that if you want to make your business effective, if you want to make your business successful, you should should consider the so-called learning styles of of a person. That's why you should create content in all the for all the learning styles, for visual content, uh, writing content, and audible content, and so-called kinesthetic content. Kinesthetic content is that to assign people to do something, to give them job assignments, to give them practice, you know, because we are studying, we are learning only through practice. Well, first of all, through practice and uh, a little bit through theory, a little bit through coaching, mentoring and so on. That's why, uh, that's absolutely for sure. We shouldn't try only one type of content because you will attract only one type of of listener or listeners or readers or visible, um, visible content. So in general, we should use all kinds of content uh, for those, for given the opportunity for people to choose. So for example, I like to read and I will read your content. I like to listen. So I will listen to your content and so on. But you, as a business owner, you should have all kinds of content creation. As a learning and development expert, what are the trends? Are there maybe one or two trends that you're paying more attention to than others that we should be thinking about? 
They say the learning and development is very hard to measure the impact on business. That's the first cornerstone <laughs> always discuss a lot and so on, that how you can measure the impact of your e-learning course, of your training and so on. So how can I touch it? How can I see the, the result? In the previous years, the so-called model of Kirkpatrick's uh, learning uh, measurement system was considered as the best, as the best model to measure the impact. Uh, but now, you know, they say that it is a limitation for organization to use just one or, th- or two or even three models of measurement, learning and development. So, you know, we should look more and we should discover new methods how we should measure, how we should count this impact of the learning and development system on our businesses. So, of course, we should see how the level of knowledge changed because why we are learning if our knowledge stays the same. So, first of all, uh, the knowledge system should be better. Uh, Of course, we should observe, we should see the behavioral changes because we we are learning to change. We are learning how to change our behavior. We are learning how to act differently in the same situation in different situation. And of course, what is the final result? For example, I participated in the sales program, so my sales should be should be improved. So th- that's obvious. But we should see more. Uh, what are the learning environment in our company? What is um, learning culture in our company? Because if, our, if your employee goes to the learning and development program, he takes wonderful knowledge, he does something new. And when he comes back to your company and he stays in the same environment and nothing changed in the environment, it will it will be absolutely unuseful, his participation in the program. That's why you should, you should as a business owner, you should give your employees uh, the relevant learning and development culture in your company. So that's the very important because it is one thing when you invest in learning and development and it is absolutely another thing when you develop learning and development culture environment in your company. Olga, I think the complexity, if it wasn't complex before, now we have the complexity that's been driven by, I guess, a lot by COVID, and that is working from home, working remotely. But there's no guarantee that any two people are in the one place at the one time. If you're working three days a week in the office and I'm working three days a week in the office, there's no guarantee we're there the same three days. So the opportunity to learn knowledge online, we can do that anywhere. But the opportunity to learn from working in teams and face-to-face collaboration, that becomes a very tricky part of the equation. Yes, this is about building trust. And uh, I know that uh, there are a lot of investigations already. Uh, You know, the core idea here is that building trust relationships among teammates who are all over the world, so remotely, it just takes more resources and more time because you know there is a scientific investigation that uh, when we are speaking to the person through the laptop our brain doesn't perceive him as a, as a human that's why we need more resources we need more power just to build these trustful relationships because you know that's why we feel so tired when we have all the days communicating uh, remotely, communicating in Zoom, that's why we feel more tired than we were communicating in face-to-face in person. Because it takes us more power, more resource communicating via, via cameras, via, via Zoom, via laptop. So that's why uh, we just need to plan and to spend more time not only speaking about our tasks and uh, working issues, working assignments, but we should spend so-called social hours. For example, in my previous company, 
our boss, uh, she provided us with an event each Friday called Social Hour, uh, when we were just gathering together and we're speaking about different topics about our achievements during the week, about so about our just uh, pr- private personal life, and it. It helps us to, to trust more, to, to get to know each other more and better. So that's that's very important now because people are not only workers, people are not only employers, they're, they're persons, they're humans, and we should know about them more and more, even remotely. Great point. It all starts and ends with trust. You could have the, the smartest, best, brightest, most successful, but if there's no trust, then there there is no connectivity. It will vaporize. And yeah, that, actually, that's a really powerful point. Olga, I wonder if, in closing, if you could draw on your knowledge and experience around mentors, and if you were giving one or two tips to a prospective founder or an early stage founder as to how they could think about mentoring and coaching, what would be your advice? First of all, for sure, you should develop your internal expertise in your company, in your business, even if it's small. What is internal expertise? Each company keen to hire the best of the best, as usual, you know. But when they hire, usually they forget about that, who they hire, what are the stars they have in their teams. You shouldn't forget, though, what is internal expertise? You should have a resource, internal resource, where all their experts are listed. And when it is mentioned, who is each strength, who is strong is in what topic, in what expertise. You should create internally the system, mentoring system in your in your company so that each employee could be mentor for another. That's in very simple words. But in parallel, of course, we should invite, if we don't have this good mentor for some topics, I, I don't know, for example, if you take analytical skills or critical thinking, for example, first of all, so for example, if my individual development plan, I have a competencies for development as a critical thinking or an analytical thinking, first of all, I should go as an employee to that internal platform and uh, I should see who of my colleagues have this competency already developed. So it could be some person in financial department, it could be some person in business development department, just for example. And I go to him and I ask him, you know, Stephen, I know that you are very uh, strong in analytical thinking. You have wonderful reports created and so on. And, uh, you know, I would like to develop this competency uh, for my profession, for my job. Would you please provide me 10 mentoring sessions? Uh, I just need your advice, your recommendations. Uh, What would you suggest for me? How could I develop this competency? That's one point. If we don't have, for example, such a person, so we go to the external market and we look for such expertise outside. So this is mentoring program internally and externally. So I want to say that we should never forget about this development guide, development option as a mentoring and coaching. So what what would I recommend is that, first of all, to have this internal platform, internal mentorship program, internal platform that who is expert in, in which in which area, so that to provide the employees the opportunities to find who is strong in which areas, just to be the mentors for each other. But, but of course, you should have the facilitator for this program because they can't just meet with each other to have a talk. They should have a plan, they should have a goal and the measurement tools and so on. And at the same time, you should have uh, employees should have the opportunity to go outside and to find such mentors outside. Because sometimes we need to develop out-of-box thinking and we need to speak to somebody else outside of our business. So that's, that's my idea. You've made me think about the question and answer differently to I have ever 
thought before, whenever I've asked this question of a founder, I've always asked the question thinking about the founder needing a mentor or a coach. But in fact, what you've made me think about is that inside their teams, inside the startup's teams, the team members need to be thinking about mentoring and coaching as well. The other thing that you said that I I haven't heard anybody say before when you said maybe it's about 10 sessions, it's about, it could be almost like a mini contract. And I'd never thought about mentoring and coaching like that. So thank you. you. You've shared a couple of things that have made me think about it totally differently to any way I have before. Olga, I think that we've covered a lot of ground. I've learned from the conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time. I couldn't be more happy for your hard-earned success and new, new role. And I know it'll be a, a tremendous outcome for you and your new employer and your family. But I wish you the best and thank you for joining me today. Thank you very much, Tony. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Feedback is always welcome. And I would appreciate introductions to potential future guests to invite onto the podcast. But that's it for today. Thanks for listening and bye for now.